everybody. Welcome to No Chick Look Moments. I am your co-host, Remy. And I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. And today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 9, Home. Keep it with the simplistic names. <laughs> the one word. Have we had any uh, episode that's more than one word name? Huh? I Dead think in the episode water. 3. Yeah, Dead in the Water. Dead in the Water. And we had Bloody Mary. Mm, that's that's a single proper noun. I don't know if that counts. I'll agree with that. <laughs> hey, B, how's it going? Oh, you know, here we are. We're about a third of the way in, and this is our big kind of stepping stone back to Lawrence this episode. Holy crap. Yeah, and after um, a few episodes that were kind of one-offs, good character moments, good foundations that we're laying still with every episode that we're uh, putting down here... But this is an episode that's kind of a return to, let's call it, the main plot line. Yeah, and I mean, the first time I watched this season, I was like, oh, Supernatural's just like that, is it? Like, it doesn't really try to blend the overarching story with the one-offs. It's very... You can skip this episode. You cannot skip this episode if you want to know what's going on this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that uh, you're you're not wrong there, especially with the earlier seasons. I think that we get a bit better about it, a lot better about it in the later seasons. Uh, but there's always going to be those true standalones. Yeah, it's very staccato feeling because all of a sudden in this episode, it's like, boom, pedal to the metal. We're going to have brother feels. We're going to be looking at the whole thing that kicked off this show, which is dad's gone missing and he hasn't been home for a while. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely these earlier seasons, where there's a lot more, like you said, of that stop start Um so, this episode, though, happens to be one of the go-go-goes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a lot. So, this is Season 1, Episode 9, Home. It was an episode written by Eric Kripke. We haven't seen Eric since Episode 2. He was uh, involved in the writing team, directly involved in the writing team, for Episodes 1 and 2. And now he's back again for Episode 9. And this was uh, directed by Ken uh, Girardi. And the original air date for the episode was November 15th, 2005. In a true return to episodes one and two we have a comprehensive uh, uh synopsis here um, i think my hand cramped <laughs> a little right writing this one out okay <laughs> so and, and this is and actually like this synopsis was the first time i've been doing this for two and a half seasons now and this was the first time i thought i wonder if the writers themselves write the synopses because Eric Kripke, I see you. (laughs) Anyways, so the official synopsis of this episode reads, uh, Sam is haunted by a vision of a woman trapped in his childhood house and convinces a reluctant dean that they need to go home. Upon arrival, they meet the woman in Sam's premonition, and she reveals that the house is haunted. 
Looking into their personal history, the the brothers discover their father had visited a psychic after their mother's death, and they turn to the same woman for answers of their own. Together, they discover a malevolent poltergeist has inhabited the house and set out to exorcise it, but are blindsided when another unseen spirit steps in. Okay, yeah, that is a mouthful. <laughs> I try. I try so Later hard. seasons would just be like Sam and Dean visit a haunted house. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I miss them. They're like, we, you know what you're watching. Come on, just sit down. <laughs> well, okay. So we open in Lawrence, Kansas. Spirit hands. Woohoo. <laughs> yes, we're starting off in a house with unpacked boxes and a widow sadly reminiscing over wedding photos. Yes. Um, upstairs, her daughter, I shouldn't say upstairs, her daughter startles her basically being like, it's bedtime and I'm freaked out about something in my closet. And she reassures the daughter and is like, no, it's time to go to bed. We're going to open the closet doors. Everything is fine. But everything is not fine, is it? I don't like this house. I mean, typical child after moving, probably the mother's thinking there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's nothing in your closet. This is just going to be a new start for us. It's, you'll, you'll, you'll grow to love it. Yeah. But she still kind of coddles the daughter's fears, trying to allay them by putting the, um, putting a chair beneath the handles on this closet. But that doesn't really do any good because as soon as the mother is gone, the chair is invisibly moving out of the way. Yes. And while this is happening, so the mother puts the daughter back to bed. She goes back downstairs to continue unpacking. But as she's unpacking, she hears some scratching, some tip-tattering footsteps. It sounds like rats in the basement. Yes. So, of course, she decides to go check it out. (laughs) I mean... Well, yeah, just... I mean, yeah, it's a new... It's a new house. It's nighttime. And, like, she goes down there with just a flashlight, and then she's trying to pull the string light, and it's not turning on. I'm like, at that point, leave. You have been told. Look, I, I, in in all areas that I have owned or inhabited houses for any extended period of time, um, I have never lived in an area that commonly has basements. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what these, like, strange spaces are or how to treat them if they did in fact belong to my own home but but i mean b do you never go to your basement at night are you afraid of the dark don't put me on the spotlight (laughs) okay i'll say this about not my current house but where i grew up as a child The basement in there, um, you'd go down the stairs and then there was like a wall maybe two feet in front of you. And then to either side of the stairs, you'd lead off into different rooms. And those rooms were always dark when you went down the stairs. They were always that quiet, hushed, oppressive feel. And it was Mm -hmm. like I had to go into the dark to find the light switch to turn it on. And that got my heart rate up every (laughs) single time. Hmm. It's her own house, B. She, she she can go down to the basement if she so chooses. She just moved there, though. 
It's trees. Aries. Aries. Rude. How rude. I will say, though, in, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll do a little tit for tat here. In my own childhood home, we had a sunroom off the back of the house and, Mm -hmm. uh, it was just floor to ceiling windows on three walls facing out into the darkness. And, um, yeah, that wasn't my favorite room in the house, let's just say. If I had to go in there to fetch something, uh, for my mother, and, and I, I just always felt like there were, there were eyes looking in. So, yeah, so cause my the windows would turn to mirrors, basically, in the dark. Exactly, exactly. So, of course, my solution, um, was to, when I did have to enter, uh, the back of the house in, in the nighttime, I would bring a, uh, a blanket with me, uh, a couch throw or something of the like. And as long as I was under the blanket walking through the dark house alone, I was safe, B. Do you see? I was, I was okay. Yes. I mean, you're following sound logic. Uh-huh. Over the head. You know, I can't, s- <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you. You can't see me. Anyways. So she goes down to the basement she the light the overhead lights aren't turning on um and she is looking for these elusive rats that may or may not be infesting her new buy and um as she's going through the basement we are getting these cut scenes back to the little girl's bedroom where something is invisibly uh moving the chair out of the way of the closet door and then the doors ominously uh, squeak open and then not only that but like a figure appears and just is enveloped in flames so i'm like girl you have some good instincts you should be afraid of that <laughs> Meanwhile, mom is down in the basement opening yeah. a, a, a photo chest, a memory chest, because, just because she's in a basement full of junk and she's like, ooh, a box. Yeah. Well, it looked kind of like a fancy chest. As soon as you opened it, you could see like the nice wood inside. And yeah, she's flipping through it with just a flashlight. And we see on the top a photo of John. And then followed by some family photos of John, Mary, and little Sam and Dean. So, holy shit, this is our first revelation. It's their old family house. Unless you read the synopsis. No, 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 we didn't do that. (laughs) Yes, it is the old Winchester family home. Yes. My favorite thing, we see this photo a lot through the episode. Just a little bit of uh, supernatural trivia for y'all. Uh, one of the photos that we see a lot of is the the Winchesters photo, the John, Mary, Dean, Little Sammy photo, as it says on the back mm-hmm. of the card. Uh, but in the photo, we see a young Dean and baby Sam and Mary and then John, uh, and they are standing in front of their old home. Um, and this particular photo has made a, a lot of re- reappearances through the series itself, uh, except that in later seasons, uh, around season 12, season 13, they would show this photo, except John was cropped out of it. John's not there anymore. <laughs> He's just a blurry green uh, uh, background 
Oh my god. They were like, we can't pay for the rights for JDM anymore. Get him out of there. (laughs) I always thought that was interesting. No kidding. I mean, that shows how attentive I am. I do remember seeing this photo quite frequently, but I guess I'm just like, "Mm, yep, they're all there. No, no, yep. In in the later seasons, it's just Mary, uh, Sam, and Dean in the photo. I kind of love that. So what happens next? Well, after we see that flaming apparition, um, we have Sam awakening from a dream featuring this mother, Jenny, inaudibly pounding on a window upstairs inside of that house. And yeah, Sam's really taken to drawing this tree from his dream, and he's not even listening as Dean is trying to give a list of potential cases they could go see. You know, there's this one in California, one in Texas, and Dean's just like, okay, I'm talking to thin air here. What are you doing that's so important? Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, boring you? It's this really cute interaction between them, but... We see Sam's just on a mission. He goes, digs out their father's journal, and he pulls the photo from it. It's this one that you're describing. And the tree in the background of this photo matches the tree that he was trying to draw. And he puts two and two together very rapidly, and he turns to Dean, and he's like, something's going on in our old house in Lawrence. We got to go check it out. And Dean doesn't take that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, random. Why Kansas? And Sam just does not want to tell Dean why just yet. He's trying to say, just trust me. But Dean is not buying that. He is forcing Sam to admit what is driving this motivation. Yeah, and he, you know, when Dean presses him to give him a little bit more substantial, um... Sam Sam caves. He says, okay, so I have these nightmares. Dean, yeah, I've noticed. This has mm-hmm. been something that we have definitely seen uh, from Sam before, uh, earlier in the season. And uh, Dean has been pressing him for presumably months now on these nightmares. Oh, so, yeah. So, so Sam is confessing, I have these nightmares. And the real bombshell, sometimes they come true. Yes. So that was the reveal that we heard in Bloody Mary that is being um, echoed here again. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that he did dream about Jess up on the ceiling on fire days before it actually happened. And now that he's having this dream again of their old house, like, these things have to be connected. It has to mean something, right? Yes. He was having these dreams of Jess knowing exactly how she was going to die. And he ignored them, obviously, to disastrous consequences. And um, now there's he's dreaming about this woman at their house, their house where their mom also died. And Mm -hmm. there has to be something to this. These dreams don't feel like just, they're just dreams. So, so Sam is feeling really urgent here, but Dean is just trying to catch up. 
Oh, yeah. Like, Dean, as soon as he hears Lawrence, Kansas, we have to go back to our childhood home, he is freezing up about it. He's very upset, and um, it's like prying teeth out of him to get him to admit that he swore he'd never go back there. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, Sam is saying, hey, um, there's something going on with me, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. so dean says okay so first you tell me that you have the shining and then you tell me that i have to go back home and yeah he, he almost breaks on the word home yeah it's just this one two sucker punch of okay my brother's not okay and now i have to go back to the place where basically my whole life turned upside down and I think that he has had a big part of him that's just tried to close off the life from before Mary died. And having to go home is like threatening to open that box for him. I I agree. I think that he, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to say because we hear from Dean again and again and again. Um this is where I want to be. This is the fight that I want to fight. This is, uh, this is the life and I am content in it. But at the same time, we see him very like violently shutting out anything that was before or after. Yeah. And not only that, but having to really concentrate to make himself go through this day-to-day that he says that he enjoys. Like, again, what we heard in episode three, where he's like, I tell myself to be brave because that's what my mom would want me to be. It's not something that's instinctive to him. And I think that this wall is just one more thing that he's trying to put up to help ease the transition into this life as a hunter. And and I think that he really acutely feels that before and after too yes in a way in a way that sam does not there you go yeah yeah because he you know he was young but this was a turning point and everything everything changed that night exactly so yeah just having this revelation of this oath that he's made um Sam does kind of soften in his approach, but he still is adamant that they need to go back there and just make sure that things are okay. Yeah, and Sam says, you you know we have to go, right? And yeah, Dean Dean says, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. doesn't like it, but he admits that that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So they drive up into Lawrence. They pull up across the street from the house. And Dean is not really looking like he, he's not sure he's going to be okay (laughs) as they go up to the door and introduce themselves. Yeah. And so they, they knock on the door, Jenny answers and Dean, he, he takes a sec, I will say, um, but he is ready to put out the lie Um, to say, hello, ma'am, we are of the federal blah, 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 just here to ask some questions. But Sam interrupts to say, no, 
hey, I'm Sam Winchester. This is my brother, Dean Winchester. This used to be our own, our old childhood home. We were just passing by. Thought, you know, for old time's sake, we could come in and see the place. And that's just like a level of, I, I don't know. I read that as, I don't know. I think that the, that's a level of like exposure that Dean didn't want. He wanted the yes. detachment of just treating this like any other case. Yeah, he wanted that wall up between Dean Winchester and Dean the Hunter because mm-hmm. Dean Winchester lived in this house, but Dean the Hunter is here now to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. But too bad, so sad, Dean. Sam just blows the lid off. And I think it's kind of because he's in a panic state where it's like, we're not going to come up with stories that may or may not work. We're not going to get this door slammed on us. Coming out with the truth is going to feel the most honest and make her trust us. So that's what we're going to do. And I would say in general, um, Sam poses himself to be the more empathetic presence, the more empathetic character. I say it like that because I don't know how like married to it he is. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know him well enough yet. I think that he can find that empathetic link and I, I this may seem harsh, but exploit it. Uh, I think he's good at that. But oh yeah, I don't know how genuine it is, but you know, yeah, I agree. I think he does have that core empathy, but he's able to turn it off when he needs to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that that's where he's at here now. No, but you know, he's he's pulling it out as the card that he thinks is has the best success, the best chance at success. Yeah. Yeah. And lucky for him, of all the coincidences, Jenny did see their old family photos downstairs, and that seems to be enough to convince her to let these two strange men inside of her house. Yeah, yeah, which she is she is a little wary of. I, I appreciate this actress, you know. Yes, she did a really nice job conveying things unsaid. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I agree. Uh, but yeah, she invites them in, um... And Sam and Jenny strike up a conversation, but Dean lags a little behind coming in through the foyer, Mm -hmm. through to the kitchen. He's looking around and he, you know, I don't know. I think that, I think that it hits him a bit walking into that house. Yeah. He looks like he thinks he shouldn't be there. Hmm. Um, we are introduced to both of Jenny's kids now. There's little Richie, who is a juice fiend. He really wants that sippy cup from the fridge. And sorry, the daughter, who um, is sitting at the table, looks like maybe doing homework or just coloring. Mm-hmm. And Jenny's backstory is that they just moved from Wichita. Um, she was needing a new start for everything, it sounds like. There was some dark times in her past that she just wanted to make a clean break from. And this house was hoping to be it, except it's not really the perfect place. Yeah, uh, she tries to be delicate about it. You know, Nothing against your childhood home. I'm sure you have many happy memories here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one kind of punched me a bit, too. And Dean's face, too. He just looks like he got struck by it. Oh, did it? Um, yeah. 
But she says, the house has some problems. Flickering lights, the sink is backed up, there's rats in the basement. Well, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the rats, but I definitely hear the scratching. Yeah. Dean, again, he's looking really uncomfortable, trying to treat it like a case, trying to follow up on the rat situation there. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't get too much farther before Sari is whispering to her mother um, to ask them if the thing in her closet was here when they lived here. And um, the mother is trying to be like, no, she was just dreaming. But this daughter insists, no, I wasn't asleep. This was on fire. Yeah, yeah. There was a monster in my closet. It came into my room and it was on fire. And and if Dean looked right freaked out before, now he looks torn between bolting and crying. Yeah. And, like, that's the next thing that we see them do is they're leaving the house and... Sam has this air of anxiety around him and the two of them are almost yelling at each other over what to do because Sam's adamant something's wrong and Dean just is still unsettled by this whole visit. Yeah, no, Sam is just on. He knows that something is go- something horrible is going to happen and he is determined to stop it. So he is trying to really push to, we have to get them out of this house. But Dean, and again, yeah, they're, they're standing in the street yelling at each other. Like Dean says, how are we supposed to do that? You, you want to, you want to drag her out by force? What story do you think you're going to feed her that this is just all like, this is just going to work out for you. Yeah. And, and they're both keyed up big time, but I don't know. Dean says we just have to we 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 just have to calm down. Mhm. We don't know for sure that this thing is mom's killer and we need to take a step back and look at this as if it was a regular case. What would we do? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to witnesses, investigate the history of the home, see see if there was anything anything else that seems um, out of the ordinary and Dean says hey well I mean like yeah but we already know all of this this is like literally our history our past our tragedies so we so like we know what happened but Sam is challenging do we do we really know what happened mm-hmm. go over it again Dean let's rehash it make sure we're not missing anything yeah and Sam asks, what do you really remember about that night? The worst hey. night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Dean, let's have you dig up this that you clearly don't want to talk about. But Dean remembers the fire, the heat, he says. Um, he carried Sam out the front door, which is news to Sam, surprisingly. Mm. And he also mentions, like, they know dad's story. Mom on the ceiling. There was no theories ever shared with them about what caused it. You know, John kept a tight lip over that. And I find I find that crazy, though. I mean, this whole thing. The past 22 years of, of John's life and his boys' lives has been John trying to chase down the thing that killed Mary. That yeah. 
that is the most important case. And and all those years, John never wrote down or shared his theories of what actually happened. Sam and Dean say, we asked often enough, he, he kept a tight lid on it, which is crazy to me. It's buck wild, especially when they have like dad's journal and he's like, um, yeah, this weird case in Jericho and yeah, these juggalo vampires and like he's writing down every fucking thing that he can think of except anything to do with the biggest case that is motivating him. Like he doesn't even have a conspiracy board of red strings that connect what he has found out with what could possibly be the reason behind his wife's death. And, and he kept it, you know, he was happy bringing his sons into the life and giving them the, I'll leave you in the woods for two weeks, crash course and how to fight monsters. But when it comes to their their mother's death i don't they just never thought about it what really i'm like eric (laughs) you didn't have it fully fleshed out right now did you i don't know yeah Mm -hmm. it feels like and i mean spoilers for the end of the episode we have john just saying i can't involve them just yet they can't know and like that's all we hear from john we're not being introduced to any new ideas that would create a tension between the audience knowing something that Sam and Dean don't. Like, yeah. it, I, I don't want to disparage or anything, but it feels like rather than box yourself into an idea too early, um, we're just going to avoid the ideas around this and then um, have it available to us at a later date. I, I don't know. I would I would challenge that a little bit because I think that there was a bit of a reveal this episode. The what does the viewer know that the boys don't know? Um, except well, that it's, it's not that around. John's Mary. there. Like that's it. Well, no, no. There's um. It's just not about Mary. It's about Sam himself. I okay. Yeah, I feel what you're saying, but. Um, yeah, I have problems with this episode. We, we'll we get to it when we get there. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I want to know. But you know, you, you know, I love it when I disagree with you. I don't know if you <laughs> I love, love it. it too. I don't know if you love it, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. The only part I get trepidatious about is if it becomes an endless wild loop and we have no exit strategy. <laughs> I could do this for hours, baby. <laughs> Okay, but we're not there yet. (laughs) Here and now. They don't have any fucking idea what their dad's been doing for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they're just going to, you know, treat it like it's a case. It's time to actually figure out what happened and, and what could be going on. Yeah. So if we're going to go talk to family friends around that time... Um, before we take off, Dean says he has to go to the bathroom. He excuses himself to the other side of the building and he digs out his cell phone and he calls his dad and gets his voicemail. Yeah. And, oh, 
I don't even know if I could begin to do what, you know, Jensen is, how Jensen is acting this justice, but what he's saying is, yeah, dad, it's me. Um, I know that I've left messages before. I don't know if you're even getting them, but I'm with Sam. We're in Lawrence and there's something in our old, in our old house. I, I don't know if it has to do with what killed mom, but uh, I don't know what to do. And I, I need your help. Dad, please. I need your help. Yeah, it's a really vulnerable scene. And it's not quite uh, Jensen crying on screen just yet, but it is uh, brimming with tears, um, lip wobble, voice breaking <laughs> scene. And you're like, oh, this this poor guy is barely keeping a lid on all of this past trauma that he has so neatly boxed up. Oh, you mean he hasn't mastered the single manly tear yet? I didn't say that he didn't master it. It's just that they weren't like, Jensen, give it to us, episode (laughs) nine. (laughs) They were just discovering its true power. Man, what kicked me in the chest here, though, was Dean excusing himself to make this private phone call and him saying, like, we have seen, we've heard this voicemail before. We know, we have been told by Sam that they've been leaving messages and John just isn't answer, answering. But this felt a bit more vulnerable and personal to me. Like, when Dean says, I... You know, I've left messages before. I don't know if you're getting them. And that's when, you know, when he says, I don't know if you're even getting them. He, that's the beginning of him getting choked up on Mm -hmm. what he's trying to say. And it's just this vulnerability to say, like, Dean has been reaching out to his dad in private to try to, try to get, I mean, throughout this whole throughout the whole season so far when it comes to john and john is avoiding the boys he's missing or he's out there or they just don't know um but dean is the one that's always been trying to smooth sam's ruffled feathers to say look dad's out there he just doesn't want to be found dad knows what he's doing he'll 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 call us when he you know when he's ready but here we're seeing a different side of that yeah that up to this point dean's been the one keeping the faith and reassurance that um john is out there and he's okay but this whole voicemail where like i'm not sure you're even getting these is kind of an admission that he does wonder if his dad is maybe dead or like what is going on there. It, it does weigh on him more than he allows Sam to see. Yeah. Yeah. The number of masks, I swear to fucking God. (laughs) We should, we should, we should fucking, yeah, we should start an NCFM drinking game. Every time that we say Dean has layers, (laughs) foundational (laughs) masks like buck lemming bingo but (laughs) i mean 327 episodes it it would kill us i think (laughs) (laughs) anyway so this was uh a heavy scene yes 
So, time to cut to something gory. Ooh. Poor Plumber Joe. Yeah, Joe the Plumber is not having a good day. He has been invited to the house to check out that sink that keeps backing up, and Jenny leaves him to it. As he is working around the pee trap and just checking things out, this child's toy, one of those monkeys with a cymbal, starts clanging, clanging. Fucking weird. We don't like that. (laughs) But he keeps on working because he's a professional. So he unplugs the garburator, he double checks, verifies that it's turned off, and then he puts his hand down the sink to try and figure out what's between that and the pee trap. And it's not a great time to be a plumber because he gets his whole fucking arm mangled and blood pouring everywhere when this garburator mysteriously turns back on. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming, but mm, yeah. <laughs> hey, B, maybe a yes. stupid question. What? Kay. What did you? What did you call it? What? What did? What did you call it? What did you? A call garburator. It? Is that a? Is that a word? Like a garbage disposal in a sink. We're, is a garburator. Is that like a? Re- okay, I didn't know if you knew what a garbage disposal was or if you were just making up words or if this is like a regional thing i maybe it's regional but i'm like a garburator is what it's fucking called (laughs) a garburator okay so garburator is not like cinnamon topography a a garburator is a thing that people say in the real world garburator is a legitimate thing it's not (laughs) It's not me making shit up to <laughs> fill a gap in my vocabulary. I have never heard that before. Really? No, it's a garbage disposal. No, it's a garburator. What the fuck is a garburator? That's so cute. <laughs> okay, you may proceed. Oh, yeah, I just looked it up. A Canadian word that involves <laughs> garbage disposal through your kitchen sink. Okay. Yeah, I guess we learn something every day. <laughs> I, 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 I am delighted, B. <laughs> I'm happy to have accidentally assisted. <laughs> so, so Plumber Joe gets an owie, and then we're at a auto shop with a different man in navy overalls. Yep. We are with Mr. Gunther this time, and we discover that this shop used to be co-owned by John about 20 years back, and that, I guess, the Winchester disappearance is a known thing in this area. It wasn't just, like, John being like, no, we're moving away, goodbye. It was a legit disappearance that went on. Uh, with With a police investigation... Um, well, according to Dean. True, true. What is the uh, mechanic's name again? Gunther. Gunther. Okay. Well, Gunther is saying, so, you know, this happened 20 years ago. Why are you looking into it now? And they're just, you know, following up some, on some cold cases. Don't worry, your pretty little head. Yeah, yeah. Just answer our questions, please. Right. And um, so, but yeah, the Winchester disappearance, caps implied. What, what was John like when you knew him? 
Yeah, so Gunther has kind of some canned response, you know, he was particularly a stubborn bastard, maybe hated to lose because he was a Marine, but he loved his wife and he doted on his kids, at least up until the fire. So what I hear is that his worst got worse and his best got gone. Okay. Yeah. And, like, there's a deleted scene that happens right here um, where Gunther says that it got bad enough that he called social services. Oh, my God. And um, Dean seems really affronted by this. He's like, why would you do that? And he said, well, John sold the garage and bought guns with the money. And, like... um, he vanished with the boys before anything could come of the social services investigation. Wow. Yeah, no red flags there. Yeah, no. But, like, Dean, in that deleted scene, is very mad. Like, yeah. he, Gunther's saying, like, I hope that he got well. And Dean says, or maybe he was never sick. Oh, my God. And you should have stuck by your friend. Yeah, that, and that's another thing, you know, we talked last episode in Bugs how a lot of what Dean was saying just felt like a refrain, John's mm-hmm. words out of Dean's own mouth. And yeah. one thing about, like, this this unwarranted, um, unsolicited disdain for what Dean is considering a normal life, uh, another thing that we hear as one of those Dean slash John refrains is stick with their family um family is everything loyalty is key yes Uh, you know loyalty and obey yeah so this conversation that gunther is giving insight into their dad at an age where they just weren't capable of gaining insight into their father Mm -hmm. um Dean does not like anything that he's hearing because it sounds disparaging towards John and his reaction to Mary's death and the decisions he made thereupon. Yeah, but family is everything. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And, yeah, Gunther says that he begged John to get help, but he just got worse. And he saw palm readers and started reading strange books. And, like, that was the end of that, basically. Yeah, and Sam and Dean ask um, Palm Reader, do you know who he he was seeing? Gunther says, (laughs) (laughs) are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Right, right, right. If this was the boys, I think that those were the exact words that were going to be say that were going to be said. But um, I don't know, Gunther lets his uh, uh, eyebrows do the talking for him. Yeah. I really no. like this guy. He did a lot <laughs> with what he was given. No, I don't know who the palm reader was, but <laughs> okay. Out. Time to go to the blue book. I know you go to a phone book rather than a search <laughs> engine. Bless them. <sighs> yes. Sam is reading out these various psychic names, and one in particular sticks out in Dean's attention. And he recalls it being mentioned in Dad's journal on the very first page. Missouri? Missouri Mosley. That's a psychic? It's not a place? Huh. Right. First page, first sentence in this 
John's journal. John's journal, also capitals implied. <laughs> I went to Missouri and I learned the truth. And that is the beginning of it all. The last the last bit was my was my um addition. But But you got it. You got it. Yeah. Like okay, oh shit, this is a revelation for the audience and for the boys themselves. Yeah. I went to Missouri and I learned the truth. So what do they do? They go to Missouri. Yes. Yep. And there's a brief scene where Sam and Dean are in her foyer, a.k.a. waiting room, and Missouri is ushering out her um, current client and reassuring the man that, don't you worry, your wife is crazy for you. And then as soon as he's out the door, she turns around and is like, no, she fucking the gardener. (laughs) (laughs) Poor bastard. Yeah. Uh, Practically opening the door. Your your future is filled with good fortune. Bye. (laughs) Slams it. Oh, that poor soul. (laughs) Well, why didn't you tell him that? Asks Sam. Oh, oh, honey. This lovely thesis statement here. That people don't come to her for the truth. They come for good news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So that's... We're going to feel some things. Okay. That That's 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 not something that, you know, ha- holds a different meaning 15 minutes from now. Nope. No. Nope. Let's just take that at the surface and then run with it. <laughs> but Missouri is very warm to Sam and Dean, saying, mm-hmm. come on back. What are you waiting for? Sam, Dean, let me get a good look at you boys. Yeah, she knows them without any introductions. And in fact, she's commenting, saying, like, you grew up so handsome. Like, Dean, you were a goofy looking kid. (laughs) And she takes Sam's hand. And as she does, she just gets very sympathetic and offers him condolences for what happened about Jess. Yeah. And your father, he's he's missing. Yeah, well, she does this very pointed, like, I'm sorry about your girlfriend. And your father. And then you can hear, like, Dean's heart rate accelerating. Uh And then she goes, he's missing? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And that's what Dean latches onto. Like, do you know where he is? And she's saying, no, like, I can read energies. I can, like, see thoughts. I can't pull facts out of thin air. But this is a fib. She knows. She knows. Yeah. Hey, hey. I with with Dean. I didn't think of it that way. Where Missouri says, "I'm sorry about your girlfriend and your father." Where you know the the split second jump to conclusions there is that John is gone. Yeah, it's echoing what Dean just experienced on that phone call. That doubt that crept in, and yeah. then that one second there left room for the doubt to resonate yeah yeah but yeah do you know where he is i'm a magician i mean (laughs) other way around i'm a psychic (laughs) not a magician no i don't know where he is but she does say that she first met john days after the fire happened and um drew back the curtains for him and that she has visited their house but only really sensed that it was evil. She didn't get a good read on precisely what caused Mary's death. Right. Trying to 
find the echoes of whatever it was that killed Mary. But yeah. but she she doesn't know what it was. She's sorry to say. Yeah. And meanwhile, we cut back to the house and Jenny is on the phone arguing that she is not liable for what happened to Joe the plumber. Um, but she does hear some noises, that scritching happening upstairs. And she leaves her son alone in the child's pen in the kitchen so that she can go investigate. Yes. Yeah. Back to Missouri. She doesn't understand how something could have gotten into the house. So she's kept an eye on it all these years. Um, there's no freak accidents, no additional deaths. So why is it acting up now? And that's what Sam is like doing two and two together, saying it relates to what happened to Jess, what happened to mom. It's happening again. And, and he's also saying, you know, I don't know what the connection is, but dad going missing, Jess's death, whatever's happening in the house, all of it happening now, it, it, it feels like something's starting it's very suspicious. Yeah. What what why is everything happening now? I don't know, but something is def something is happening. Yes. And sure enough, when we go to the house, um that child pen, we see a pin releasing and one half of its side falling down. Um Richie leaves the pen and looks to the fridge because the child lock just opened on it. And the door opened, and he sure does love that sippy cup. So he goes to grab it, and he ends up climbing inside, and the door shuts on him, the lock included. Yeah. So he's locked um, from the inside. Yeah, which is, like, the reason why you can't put an old fridge outside and leave the doors on. It's, like, illegal to leave a fridge door on, because apparently that was a big problem. <laughs> Oh. With kids in, like, the 50s and 60s and shit. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you're disposing of a fridge, you have to take the doors off. Well, I mean, older fridge used to not be just a seal lock. They used to have actual handles. Yeah, they didn't fuck around. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's... The less you want to know. <laughs> the, the more you learn. I've got to tell you, this isn't as fun as the Garbo machine. You, yeah, I'm sorry. It? I don't have a cute name for this. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What is it called, though? The Garbongio? Garb what? Garburator. The it's garburator. like a carburetor? Like a carburetor, mm -hmm. but for garbage. The garburetor. I'm going to add that to my little mental dictionary. <laughs> yeah, so Jenny comes back. She's like, where my kid at? And she's calling for him. She's looking around. And she's just very lucky that he knocked the milk over inside the fridge because it is dribbling out beneath the door. And that's enough of a clue for her to go check it out. And holy shit, there is her kid. Yes. And great timing. Right at that moment, Sam, Dean, and Missouri knock on the front door. Yeah, and so poor Jenny is frazzled. She is not really present for this door answering. They are trying, you know, same verse the second time. Uh -huh. We'd love to give our old friend Missouri here a tour, you know, old time's sake. And it's it's not 
flying as well as it did the first time. No, no. Her her goodwill only stretches so far, and now's really not a good time, uh, but before she can shut them out completely, Missouri steps in. Yeah, she... <laughs> She's been sassing Dean up to this point, like reading his mind, being like, don't put your feet on my coffee table. And now here she is again being like, he's not the smartest tool in the shed. Aww. Because Dean is trying to say, wait, ma'am, no, really, this is important. But Missouri says, don't push the woman. Can't you see she's upset? Yeah. And Missouri does what Sam did. And I think that that's an interesting draw between their characters, like this intuition. Yeah. Where Missouri is saying, like, you know something is up with this house. You know something strange, and it wants to hurt your family. And they're here to help, but they need her to trust them. Yeah. Yeah, they can help. And uh, she says, I think you know what I'm talking about. You just have to... Let us help you. Yeah. And considering what just happened, Jenny seems to be in an agreeable state because there was no way Richie could have got in and shut the child lock on his own. Right. So they go upstairs and Missouri says, if any room is going to be the heart of darkness in this place, it's this one. And Sam's like, why? And he gets to get slapped in the face with history. Yeah, this room was Sam's nursery. It's also uh, Sari's room now. Yes. And uh, as Sam Dean and Missouri are walking the room and Missouri is trying to feel out the energies of the place, Dean kind of gets stuck in the doorway for a second looking to the ceiling where his mother died. Yeah, again, this is not a good scene for him. It's a bit traumatizing to be back right at square zero of the shattering life change that his Mm -hmm. family went through. And so Dean and Sam are trying to uh, scan the room for EMF. Missouri calls them amateurs because she is searching out the psychic energies. Yeah, she doesn't need the EMF reader the way that Dean uh-huh. does. Uh-huh. Um, and they're definitely getting some hits in there. Uh, yeah. The EMF meter is going off and Missouri says she feels a definite presence. Yeah, but unfortunately it's not the same energy as what was here when their mom died. Um, and not only that, but it's multiple spirits in this location. And they're like, well, how the heck can that happen if there hasn't been any freak accidents or deaths? And here we get an interesting little lore drop that I feel like is never followed up on again. Hmm, funny. Funny how that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, because real evil walked this place, um, it has left its scars, essentially. And these old wounds sometimes get infected since that type of energy becomes a magnet for the paranormal. Yeah. So... We have a very nasty poltergeist taking root here, and it's not going to rest until the family is dead. Dun, dun, dun! 
The well, other spirit is more subtle. God, I mean, fucking Jensen. He, Dean, hearing this, he he looks visibly sick. Just, yeah. Just, just nauseous over the thought that there's something inhabiting the house and that real evil came here and that you know tragedy could strike again and yeah yeah and And like everything that happened to them was so like to that degree of dangerous yes it it feel i mean the way that missouri is talking about it it feels big you know yes and she says she says i don't know if you boys are going to be disappointed or relieved but what happened here was not what what is here now is not what killed your mother and it's not the same energy it's a poltergeist but what was here before was that real evil something bigger i mean think about how dean almost wanted to withdraw from the demon case because it just felt Mm -hmm. bigger than him i got that same feel here yeah he was scared of the demon case doing that without having their father present Mm -hmm. and i wonder okay let's do a backflip that part of the reason why the fear is there is because their father hasn't shared the full information with them they are flying in the dark with this kind of stuff yeah yeah and i think that i don't know i mean there's a lot in future not just with demons but with other creatures like the 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 shifters and the werewolves and the vampires and the i don't know there's just all these things that i wouldn't say that they were shielded from but they weren't really prepared for even though we know that john's dealt with them in the past yeah just this weird level of obey do what i say we're going to save people but you don't need to know all the details Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah like you said there's um not just one spirit this this polter this malevolent uh presence that is the poltergeist but there is definitely another spirit in here. Missouri cannot pin it down, though. Nope. But with the information about the poltergeist, that's sufficient to have Dean assuring that no one is dying in this house ever again. Yeah. So, yeah. We clearly have everyone on board invested to get whatever needs to be done to save Jenny and her family. Yes. And what does that mean? Hex bags, B. It's hex yeah. bags. They're not called hex bags yet, though. But witchcraft. But yes. I dead ass wrote them down. I'm like, Missouri has them making hex bags. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I liked this. Yeah, I do like it, too. Again, I just wish we got the lore building that is happening in this episode through more episodes. Right. I mean, so it, it, it became very easy to just fall back on these, these supernatural staples, the, the rock salt shotgun, just calling it a hex bag. 
the mm-hmm. crossroads, the silver bullets. And we just lost a lot of world building. I feel like we didn't carry the thread through. Well, we minimalized. Like, we solidified the world building into tropes that would be easier to use. Right. Like, one of the things we liked so much about Dead in the Water was that there was this feeling of we don't really know what kind of spirit this was. Um, and we just kind of lucked out in being able to handle it. And this episode kind of has that feeling again, where it's a poltergeist. We never learned the poltergeist name, where it came from, what its motivations are. It is just this black box of malevolence that they have to deal with. And we don't really get this flavor through later seasons, unfortunately. I mean, for better or worse, it's not there. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so so I really like this scene. It feels richer in kind of the vintage supernatural kind of way. Yes, I agree. Just not being told all the details, but the world building is sufficiently strong enough that you go with it. Like, okay, we're throwing these things together in a bag. Missouri says to put one inside the walls on all four corners of the house. Um, And it should be enough to purify the house completely and drive out whatever spirits are here. One in all four corners of all... The cardinal, yeah. Well, I was going to say on each floor. Yeah, they kind of skip over that, though. They're like... Sam, you go upstairs. Dean, you deal with the ground floor. And Missouri, bless you, you got the basement? I know. I'm like, that's not fair. You should not have allowed that. But, okay. (laughs) So, they're working on their different floors. And Sam is taking his sweet-ass time finding the perfect place to put a hole in the drywall. And meanwhile, an evil lamp behind him. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Sorry, the poltergeist has possessed the lamp behind him. And it's like, I'm going to strangle you with its plug-in cord. Uh, like you said, Dean is in the kitchen. And he takes an axe to the backsplash. And uh, he is... Not fucking around. His spidey sense goes off just in time to avoid the butcher knife that is coming for his head. Yeah. And great instincts because he (laughs) sees one knife. He's like, there's going to be more of them. So he drops to the floor. He flips the table over and he lets it take the brunt of the following attack. Right. And then Missouri is in the basement. Um, She is clobbered pinned to the wall with a heavy antique desk uh and i i i I don't i wouldn't actually see what happens with missouri but i don't know let's just we're left to just assume she's okay Uh uh-huh uh-huh dean goes to sam first yeah because if he had a butcher's block flying at him who knows what sam is dealing with And it's a good thing that he does go running up when he does, because Sam is being strangled to death on the floor. He's pretty much powerless, 
and Dean is the one who saves him by placing his sachet in the wall. And then a big light flashes and the cord slackens and Dean supports Sam as he recovers his breathing. Oh my god. Sam, death by lamp. That that would have yeah. been a good one. A good way to go, Sam. Embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, man. And right before this, we had actually seen Missouri ushering um, off Ginny and the family. Uh, you know, just, just get out of the house for a little while while we do our work. It, and she says, once the poltergeist catches on to what we're doing here, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. And sure enough, the movie that Jenny took her kids to is over. They're heading home. Um, everyone has regrouped in the kitchen and it is a fucking mess. And yeah. more than that, Sam just hesitates because it doesn't feel like it's over yet to him. Oh, poor, poor Dean, though. He's he's getting picked on this episode real good. Truly. I'm like, he must have done something really bratty as a four-year-old. <laughs> and then Missouri is like, I'm just going to put that little bit of hell into his life. You were a goofy looking kid too. Oh. So so Sam Sam when Jenny gets home, Sam says, "Don't worry, don't worry. We'll pay for all of this." Dean in the background, oh, I'm sorry. Well, well what How? And then Missouri says, hey, "Look, look. Dean's going to clean everything up, honey. Let's just go take some tea in the foyer." Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to the boy to take care of it. <laughs> and and don't don't cuss at me, boy. Go get a mop. <laughs> yeah, she is playing into this sassy black archetype that I guess I mean, Kripke had to introduce a black person eventually into the show, and oh, he's yeah. picked picked a characterization there. And we have Dean apparently cursing her out in his head that she's calling him out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one POC nine episodes in. That's something that happened. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, and. Yeah, I think that my final takeaway will have a little bit to say about Kripke's special one-dimensional view of women. Yeah, and I would also say his favoritism of his self-insert Sam. Ah, oh, no, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, ca I didn't catch that. B. Oh. I know it was a really subtle flavor this whole episode, but like I felt the undertone there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This this episode did no <laughs> cast a certain. Anyways, so um, so apparently Dean is like you said, cussing Missouri out in his head for you know, we her, her transgressions, but he is the gentleman in uh holding her elbow to help her down the uh the stairs as they're leaving the house. Mm-hmm. And it, for all intents and purposes, it seems like things are done now. I mean, according to Missouri, everything is fine. The energy is cleared. But Sam is reluctant to agree. 
Yes. Uh, he seems a little uneasy when they are parting ways there. Um, but uh, Missouri assures him that the energies are gone. So we're calling it a day. The next scene, we see Ginny in bed. She's reading and settling in for the night. Uh, but as she is, uh, turns out the lamp is going to sleep, her bed starts violently shaking and whatever spirit was here is obviously still here and now pissed off. Yes. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, um, Sam and Dean are outside. Um, Sam has insisted that they keep an eye out. Um, they, Dean is not impressed because he could be sleeping in a bed instead of in the driver's seat. Um, but, um, as luck Sam would had have a bad it, feeling. Yes. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, that bad feeling that Sam had compelled him to stick around after the fact. Yes. And this is the moment where his nightmare comes true. Because when we look to the window, he sees Jenny and she's doing that inaudible pounding on the glass and they run for the interior of the house. Yes. Dean directs Sam to grab the kids. He will get Jenny and they need to get out. Yep. But... Um, in Sari's room, the flaming apparition has appeared. Um, when Sam runs in to grab her with Richie, um, it doesn't look move to pursue them. Um, meanwhile, at Jenny's room, Dean has yelled for her to get back from the door, and he does this impressive, like, one-foot kick of the entire <laughs> door off its frame. Hey, you just have to hit the right her. spot. You just have to hit I. The- you must it's just like a chakra point or something on the door i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) or you know the lock joint that would work too i mean he does fine with this interior door probably because it has like the hollow interior Uh uh-huh but that front door is going to be causing him problems really soon i i thought that was funny because i was i i don't know the um the process, the correct procedure when it comes to axing down a door. But I, looking at him, I'm like, go for the lock, Dean. Go for the lock. I was critiquing his technique as well. <laughs> I think it was a solid idea to go after the paneling, uh-huh. but he was swinging all over the place. Mm. Mm-hmm. He did not learn how to chop wood in those, like, terrible camping trips that his dad put them on. Okay. Um, yeah, so Sam is running Surrey and Richie downstairs. He puts them down at the bright foyer out to the door. Um, he does the call back to the phrase that their father told Dean. And then Sam is ripped inside. Sorry. Take your brother her name's sorry right yeah 
Okay. Or sorry. I'm sorry. not sure. No, I, I think it's sorry. But when I said that, I was like, that's that's a word. That's not a name. I know. Oh, I'm so sorry. Eh? I'm sorry. Okay. So <laughs> Sam says, sorry, word for word. Sorry. Take your brother outside as fast as you can and don't look back. Yeah, that's okay, Kripke. Okay. Yeah, I see you, Kripke. <laughs> but you know the the kids get out sam is dragged away physically by the poltergeist um and i say physically but it's still this invisible force and um sorry and richie make it outside and sorry tells dean that uh sam is still inside and something got him and Dean is not happy about that. So he runs back to the Impala. He grabs a salt round shotgun and a little, well, I think he might have had the hatchet. Who fucking knows? He grabs these two things. He's going to go knock down that fucking door. And Sam is being tossed around like a rag doll in a china factory. Fucking... <laughs> Actually, a rag doll in a china factory probably wouldn't do too much damage. I, but... <laughs> I think it could. I think it could, depending on the velocity. <laughs> but he is being flung around with a back-breaking force. I felt bad for the boy. Yeah, he's not having a good time. He ends up pinned up against this wall. And by now, Dean has broken his way through the door. He's running in, shotgun raised, because around the corner into the kitchen comes that flaming apparition. And as Dean's get ready to fire at it, Sam tells him to stop because he sees who it is now. He can see her. Yeah, he can see her now. And the flames slowly fade away and what's left is the spirit of mary winchester dun 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 gasp they have this really cool effect where the flames become her hair (laughs) but then she's just standing there smiling at them dean is completely shaken oh yeah yeah and it's it's intense yeah, and Mary approaches Dean, um, really just says his name. Uh, yeah, and... she's got to go to her special boy. <laughs> I mean, Eric's, oh no, wait, her special boy. And then then approaches Sam, um, you know, love in her eyes, and... Mm-hmm. And she just says, Sam, I'm sorry. And Sam is crying now. Me, I'm like, why is this boy still pinned awkwardly to the wall? But whatever. <laughs> it's because the poltergeist is still there. Who, who is just apparently standing by for this, for this tender moment to occur. Yeah. Um, no knives flying here. She has a radius of effect around her, okay? She is, like, casting a debuff. <laughs> Except AoE... he's still pinned to the wall! 
No, it's not that good of an alien. <laughs> Anyways, so now yeah, Sam's crying. Dean's crying. Sam asks, uh, sorry, sorry for what? And Mary we don't gets know. this. Well, Mary gets this look, and hindsight is twenty twenty. Okay, but I could extrapolate a lot from this look of okay. true regret that Mary is is giving her son in this moment. Yeah, and like maybe we're supposed to read between the lines and be like, "I'm sorry, I died, and you didn't get to know me, and I didn't get to know you." I think that what we're trying, what we're supposed to be reading between the lines is what is intended to be read between the lines here. Um, not bringing seasons 12 and beyond into it uh, mm-hmm. is what I was saying on what Mary and John know that Sam and Dean don't know. And then now us as the viewers have some inkling of something's going on, specifically with regards to Sam. So what is Mary apologizing for? What is John, at the very end of the episode, what is he searching the truth Mm -hmm. of, really, here? Uh, Especially since Missouri is speaking of Sam. Um... But Mary here, uh, she is apologizing to to Sam, and then, and then that look of regret is, I think, tied in with the very end of the episode, and just this little increase in in intrigue and tension for the viewer on there's something wrong with Sam. Like why he asks, why am I like this? And Missouri says, I don't know. And then she speculates on how powerful he is. And then we have Sam saying, what are you sorry for? And Mary looking like she knows something that he doesn't know. I, I think what I took from this episode was that, um, there's something going on with Sam and it's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if all those layers were intentional there because my understanding is like all of the backstory involved with Mary was not figured out at this point. So, um, I guess if you're throwing darts blindly, you can sometimes hit the board and get a really nice <laughs> score. Um, I'm not very generous when it comes to this episode and its intentions because mm-hmm. it feels a bit of sleight of hand going on. Yeah, I could read something into Mary's uh purpose in this episode beyond just her showing up to look pretty say four words and make the sacrifice play i'm glad you could because i sure (laughs) couldn't and but but that's not to say that why the fuck was she here other than to look pretty say four words and then make the sacrifice play again for the second time for the man pain yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And like the reason why I get salty about her being here is like the lore 
I hate how I sound when I say that, <laughs> um, is that spirits turn vengeful. You can't stay on Earth without getting fucked up. And she's been here for 22 years, just smiling sweetly, and then a poltergeist must have just recently showed up, because that's when she starts getting involved. Yeah, no, and- I agree. And, like, what we see in the scene right now, she turns around and, like, demanding that the poltergeist get out of her house and let go of her son. Again, it's it's very one-dimensional for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sacrifices herself, and per Missouri, what happened is that her positive energy canceled out the poltergeist negative energy and destroyed herself in the process all to protect her boys look 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 b i'm not arguing with you because at this is the point where in my notes i just started writing lines in all caps because (laughs) fucking mary turns to the poltergeist presumably and says stay away from my boys and then she disappears in a rush of flame and there's a moment of quiet and then sam says now it's over fucking lol Okay. I know. Is that how that works? I mean, talking about the lore, we haven't even really been introduced to the concept of a vengeful spirit. But even me, that is, that, that is just lazy. Okay. Now, Mary disappears and Sam senses, I guess, that now it's over. And then we have the closing scene with Sam and Missouri and man (laughs) and sam is saying like uh, what happened um missouri is confirming that definitely there's nothing here now Uh, this time for sure this time for sure this time for sure and what happened well the spirit and the poltergeist canceled each other out again lol okay and uh your mom destroyed herself going after the thing i just wanted to nope out of netflix (laughs) nope 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 i i also did not like how the next bit goes where mary is or sorry where missouri is not able to comfort Sam, but she's apologizing because he could sense what she couldn't Mm -hmm. and that she doesn't have any answer for what's happening to him. And I'm just like, she's been a psychic her whole life. And this fucking boy comes in, has a couple nightmares and Eric's special boy is on display, which is not to say like, I don't like Sam. Like I, I like his whole arc with these powers. I'm very interested in how it plays out, but it is a weird feeling to have Missouri standing here. And especially at the end of the episode being like, that boy is so powerful. And yet it's so strange that he couldn't sense you, John. Like, I'm like, Oh, Eric, you, (laughs) you were just like, I want my special boy to do this. And then we're going to have a saucy black character and then the mom's going to show up because that'll be really emotional and I have no plans for her character. And we're going to have her ghost fucking vanish. And 
I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. So all of that happens. Uh, Sam is now realizing that there's actually something real that's going on here with him. He 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 doesn't know what's happening to him, but neither does Missouri. And that's it. The boys are gonna, you know, case over. They're well. One additional thing was that that chest of photos got put into the back of the Impala and we saw Dean flipping through the photos Jenny gave them. You're right. Jenny did return the memory chest. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Missouri and Jenny waved them off. Don't be strangers now. Okay. Yeah, we're best friends now. I mean, I was I was actually thinking about it. Did we see Missouri ever again at all until season 15? Season 13 uh-huh. when they bring her back just to do her dirty. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Don't be a stranger now. <laughs> she does have um the longest lasting recurring character who lives. <laughs> oh my god. Nah, nah, the ghost facers. We didn't see them again, though. When was the last season we saw them? I don't know. You might be right. Because it oh, wasn't wait. 13 seasons later. Was it, wasn't it? Because it wasn't... No, no, no. Don't fuck with me here. Because... I'm not fucking with you. Because there is an episode with Claire Novak, and she is watching or something related to a Ghostfacers video on her phone in her car... But if Ghostfacers come in season three and they come in season 15, that's the only way they can match Missouri's run. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Don't fight me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So Missouri. Um, so goes home. Yeah. Missouri says goodbye and then goes home to yeah. what we think is an empty house. Mm. But. But this is where Missouri is um, is saying, you know, that boy has more power than he knows. I, I, I can't understand why he didn't even sense his own father, Panta John. And I hate this. Like, <laughs> no, B, really, you hate that? What you? It's you so this? petty. John, what are you doing in town? Couldn't talk to your boys. Oh, it's top secret. What's top secret? Oh, really? That's what's top secret. (laughs) It was really Mary's spirit. Oh, I didn't want to bother going and seeing that. You don't know. You don't understand how much I want to see my children. I would... All I, I would want. die to see them every day. <laughs> They're just a half block down. What? I want <laughs> nothing. Mind. I want nothing more in the world, but I can't. Not yet. Oh my god. Not yet. Why? Kripke, I'm asking you. <laughs> Not until I know the truth, B. Not until I know the season finale. I don't <laughs> fucking know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> We're still getting there. <laughs> I'm I'm salty. I'm sorry Aww. that I'm so salty. Like, uh, uh, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It's, we can't have the boys reunite, and then we ask why, and Kripke goes, trust me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. 
I think I think that the takeaway here is that, like I said, there's something going on with Sam. Um, and we knew that already, but it's not just Sam is developing these psychic powers, but there's something malevolent behind it. That, that was the vibe that I got. I don't know if I'm projecting, but from Mary's reaction and, and, um, John's recalcitrance, I, that's where I'm, that's where I was leaning. Okay. That's a lot more generous than I was. I felt like this episode was to be the big reveal of Sam having these premonitions and then having just this doubled down trauma extravaganza Mm. of having the case be in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, it felt like bringing Mary out as a prop... You know, like, we're going to do this cool reveal, and she's the only spirit ever that stayed good because you boys had a perfect mom. Like, I mean, she does She does feel like a prop, but I'll be a little bit more generous to say that we haven't established that all spirits go bad. No, but I'm also, like, if I'm going to get, be generous about, like, the retcons that we're going to do to Mary's character, then, like... The generosity has to go both ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm sitting in the boat of, like, I'm judging you, Kripke. <laughs> like, unfortunately, I'm not able to really remove myself from that. Like, I'm just sitting here being like, you didn't have these things thought out. And you don't have to. Like, ultimately, you can be on the fly and figuring things out. But I feel like the fact that it wasn't figured out leaves some of these emotional beats very flat. And that's what I'm disappointed with. Because I would have liked to have that extra layer where Mary doesn't just say, I'm sorry, but she says, I'm sorry for what I did to you. Or just something like that where you're like, what? Rather than this middling ground of, oh, I'm sorry, and then John being like, I want to see them, but I can't. Like, tack something onto the end of that sentence of, I can't, to make me more invested. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it was cowardly, and we didn't do any of that. Wow, that was a rant. (laughs) Whoops. I I agree with you. I... I agree with you that this episode, I mean, it missed, it was trying to be deeper than what it actually, the depth that it actually accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just think that what the Mary and John Beats did accomplish was to racket up the tension of what's going on with, with Sam. And That's fair. I I just don't meet you there. I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, I don't, I would hope that it was intentional, but that was where, that's what I got from it. Intentional or not. Mm-hmm. Whether knowing where it's going or I don't know. But, um, but, I mean, especially with Mary, uh, you know, I'll just I'll give my final takeaway. My real final takeaway okay. is that uh, this episode made me very appreciative 
of Mary Winchester as she returns in season 12. And yes. And it is it was stark to see what they're building what they're building up and will continue to be building up in the first few seasons of the series and then um I don't know this episode really hit me with that that evolution and I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that this episode didn't fit with where we take Mary later um but this was very flat comparatively I agree like you could have put pretty much any other cardboard figure in for her for the amount of characterization they gave her Mm. the only defining feature of her being there was it's their mom you know if you if you said I, I don't know how to properly explain that nuance there, but it's like we didn't learn anything new about her. We didn't do anything other than like, oh, she's a ghost, and then she kablooied herself to save us. Yeah, and I think that the failing of this episode was to actually, like, spiritually have what is meant to be the mary winchester here in front of us now Mm -hmm. um and like die a second time in front of her sons and it's really just a against the roof yes yeah and then to hear after the fact only uh, i i i must also stress that we only see sam receiving this information the yeah. sacrifice that his mother made. Dean yeah. is left out of it entirely. Yeah. Which ooh, gross. But um I I don't know. Um but with this episode I I can appreciate this Mother Mary figure that we are uh, this idol that we're building up around the Mary character. And I think that it's going to, I don't know. I think that when season season 12 for me, when season 12 came along, I was too far removed from, um, from everything that we built up in the first few seasons, the real focus that we had on these Mm -hmm. family dynamics. And so when season 12 came along, I was just like, Oh, it's Mary. Um, but this episode gave me chills to the point where like like this is mary but it's still not mary we don't know who mary is yet and when we yes. do get to know it's going to be that much better yes i will agree that um sort of the naivete that they took to writing mary's character in the early seasons um it feeds into that pedestal that she's placed upon and it's very enticing um and very interesting when we get to season 12 and we get to dismantle that pedestal yeah it, I, I i was just thinking about it today it's season 12 and beyond and it gave me more feels about this episode than i might have had otherwise mm-hmm 
Yeah, if season 12 wasn't here, it'd be like, okay, that was Mary the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, my biases are showing, but I'll take it. Oh, mine are on full display, too, as you can clearly tell. <laughs> well, what was your final takeaway? Well, what hit the what what hit the most here? I think for me, surprisingly, it was that Gunther auto repair shop scene oh. um, and just getting that outsider perspective on what happened to the Winchester family, because we don't get that very often in this show. Like we don't get someone who knew them at that time and their take on what happened. And so Gunther and his perspective on things I found to be very fascinating. And like the fact that it was considered a disappearance of the family mm-hmm. and like John turned around and used the money that he got from selling his half of the shop to go buy guns and like social services had been called and he was erratic and like all of that. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, Again, I'm very intrigued by those glimpses into the history and, like, character insights, all of that kind of stuff. And I found the Gunther scene the most rewarding in that, which is surprising considering how much this episode is around revealing past information. Yeah, that is overall the the strong the strong suit for this episode uh all of those little glimpses into the before and mm-hmm. i agree with you 100 percent though that uh the the gunther scene is a landmine for that a landmine a gold mine <laughs> both, <laughs> it, both it is a landmine too because yeah. it is exploding that whole vision that again that little box that dean has placed his past into and he was saying it was perfect and good and dad did everything that he could and he was like that whole myth yeah where we get the outsider point of view which i love and it just chips away at that and in a way that dean really responds poorly to like more than the defensiveness Sam ever felt towards this illusion of their upbringing. Yeah, I love that. I am definitely going to go and hunt down that particular deleted scene. I am intrigued. And yeah, yeah I agree that uh, to hear from an outsider's perspective, all these things on John that is that are not rose tinted mm-hmm. in the way that we're getting from the from the boys perspective it is it is fascinating yeah yeah especially when the last episode ended with sam being like i want to find dad and i want to tell him i'm sorry for that fight and, and, yeah, and then this episode ends with fucking john sitting in missouri's <laughs> toy, like drinking tea being like I feel so bad about not talking to my kids when I could really, like, fix that fucking problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew, we we kind of knew that he was intentionally staying away. This, uh, this episode did 
put in some legwork to try to build up some doubt, um, or at least expose the doubts that each Sam and Dean are feeling mm-hmm. with regards to that. But yeah, here we have the living, breathing proof that um, this is, you know, it, John is fine. He is intentionally um, leaving his boys out, especially, yeah. which hits especially hard after that uh, phone call that we saw Dean make to, to, uh, to John. So even though we have John saying these things that may be lending more towards painting him in the sympathetic light, I would argue that the, that the story as a whole is definitely not supporting that. Nope. Actions speak louder than words, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and I'm glad that you brought up Gunther a lot because you are absolutely right in that I would say, you know, you said that there are very few things that we learn throughout the series on what the before times were like. I would say that this is maybe one in a handful. Yeah. Total. Like I I don't know of any that would really be like I knew John before he went off the rails or I knew Mary before he went off the rails. Yeah, no. No, I I don't know. I I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking and yeah. Yeah, I just like the idea of some case file that some detective was just like, I have to close this. I don't know what happened to this family. Oh, 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 Hendrickson is the is the other example of an outsider's perspective on it all. Again, that's more of a yeah. post-John, but still. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was season one, episode nine, Home. Home. What's Home. next week? B. Next week. God, do I know? So next week is season one, episode ten, Asylum. I was gonna guess Asylum, but I thought it was twelve for some reason. Whoops. What? I don't know. Ooh, that'll be another good one. Uh, so that's. I- I'm gonna be honest. When I saw Asylum next and read the synopsis. I was Gandalf in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory of this place. I Are you saying I'm going to be pleasantly surprised when I queue up next week's episode B? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I don't exactly recall what goes down here, but... I remember there being some very great character beats between the brothers again. Okay. Exciting. Exciting things. So... Yes everyone guys join us next week when we cover asylum thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys then next week that is yeah (laughs) what do we say like review subscribe reach out to us on social media if it pleases you and otherwise find us here next week Yes, and I will highlight um, a, a, a review, um, not even leaving a comment, but even just dropping us some stars on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, just every review counts on granting us a little bit of exposure, and we see everyone and we love everyone, so... Uh, so just click that button or click that little star 
as long as it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. Thank you guys. No. Thank you guys. And see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.